0: And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set, with your host, Darren Starr. Hey everybody, happy Monday. We here at The Drop Set are getting 86 ah, just kidding, it's episode 86, however, so it's getting up there, it's kind of getting up there a little bit, we've, uh, We've done a handful of these, um, so I appreciate your help in doing that, because um, if you weren't listening, I wouldn't be doing this, so thank you. Um, we got a couple of good topics we're going to talk about today. Um, uh, the first one is, um, 10 ways you're screwing up your prep. So, uh, you know, if you've ever gone through a prep and it's gone off without a hitch perfectly, exactly the way you wanted, then this segment is not for you. Now, since nobody has left the room, I know that we've got a lot to talk about here. So, you know, there's a lot of ways of course that your prep can go South. I picked the top 10 and tried to eliminate bleed over and crossover between them as much as possible. It was, uh, yeah, I, I was developing the list, and I was like, oh, I could add that. Well, no, actually, I could just talk about that with this other one here. So um, we're not double-dipping on anything. It's a legit 10. And also, I know that there's been a, a great deal of talk lately, and depending on who you listen to, who you follow, what you read, um, a lot of talk about scientific studies as it relates to bodybuilding and trying to determine um, the appropriate approach, approach for nutrition, for training, for cardio. And my question is, how relevant... Is that stuff? We're not going to be digging into specific studies necessarily, but speaking generally about how much of that you should pay attention to, and uh, or if you if you should at all, or if you should exclusively follow that and and follow those guidelines. So we're going to get into that. Um, I'm playing around with the uh, format of the uh, structure of the show a little bit. So uh, you will see how things unfold here. Um, I'm going to have some additional voiceover work done shortly. So, uh, But for right now, it's just me. So the first thing that I wanted to do is just say call in number. So it's 865 518 2974 is the call-in number to leave a message and appear in the Q&A segment, which will be the first segment that happens right up here. So um, you can also, if you don't want to be heard, message me on Instagram at Darren underscore star. Uh, message me through the Facebook page, facebook.com slash five-star physique. You can also tweet at me directly at Darren star, no underscore on Twitter. Um, or you can email me directly, Darren at five-star fitness, all ways to get on the show. I do want you to be involved it, be a part of it, and I'd love to hear your voice on here as well. So leave me a note, um, call in, leave a message, and we'll get you on here. So the Q&A that we have for this week, we got a few of them here. So I I was holding this out as being exclusively like for voicemails, and I I know it's it's not for everybody. I get it. Um, So until that becomes... the primary method through which people feel comfortable calling and leaving questions. Um, We'll just talk about uh, a little bit of everything here. So um, first of all was a a tip. So uh, last week on Friday, I believe I, uh, uh, confessed that I was, uh, sent to school on my fitness pal by many people as far as how to copy an entire set of meals from one day, from one day to another in one quick and easy step. And to recap, if anybody, if anybody missed that, you go into your food diary up at the top, there's a little, uh, little icon that looks like a pencil. You click on that, and then you get the option to select all, and then you click on the three dots, and then you can select move to date or copy to date, and then you can pick whether it's today, tomorrow, etc. So nice, easy way to copy everything. So another tip that came in, and this is great, um, and this is out of my history, so I cannot properly thank whoever it was that sent this over, but I was complaining, you know, one of the things that is, um, that you can't do in the free version of my fitness pal is see your macro totals per meal. Ah, but you can, you can. You don't have to click on each individual meal component and add them all up. Um, if you allow your phone to rotate as it goes from portrait to landscape mode, turn it sideways so it's in landscape mode. And then in the, um, in the details for the meal, it will show you the macros for each individual component and then up at the top the per meal totals as well. So, uh, good tip on that one. I really appreciate that. Um, there was a question that came in on calories um, in MyFitnessPal. excuse me, specifically calories and and why are they off? Um, like, I mean, I, I get this a lot because, uh, in the, the plans that I write, um, for clients. So I put in, um, Even if it's a meal plan, I put in a macronutrient breakdown per meal and then totals as well. So just because I like to see the numbers, um, I know a lot of coaches, they just go by feel like, well, somebody this size, they need portion sizes about this size and this many of them throughout the day. So there you go. I'm like, that is way too willy-nilly for me. That doesn't work for me. If I'm going to measure it, on my food scale, I want you to measure it and know what the totals are going to be when you send it to me. I don't think that's too much to ask. So, um, so the, the one thing that, uh, does become a discrepancy, however, is, um, the, the calories will be off compared to what you expect them to be. Um, you know, if you, if you follow the basic calculation, like, uh, Protein times four, carbs times four, fats times nine, sum those all up, and you know you expect to see your calories, but the number that's displayed is always something a little bit different. And so I throw in my plans, I throw in a checksum column that performs that calculation, um, but it also takes the uh, the rogue number into effect, which is fiber. So the question is, how do you handle fiber? in this calculation. And there isn't really a right or a wrong answer, as evidenced by the fact that um, the FDA hasn't even settled on an appropriate answer for this question. So you will find things that say, you know, something has zero grams of carbs um, and six grams of fiber. Okay, so clearly uh, they're labeling things as a net carb. So there, there are no net carbs, but we do have this fiber, which if you want to be by the book, you, you have six grams of carbs and six of them are fiber. So it's 100%. So it's still a net zero, but the, the math can get confusing. So then you have something where, okay, well, there's 10 grams of carbs and five grams of fiber. Okay, well, is it really 15, but you're taking the net approach again and you're showing me 10? Or is it 15, including the five grams of fiber? So, and oftentimes... You have to go and do some math and see. You know, they're, they're also giving you calories per serving. You have to see where that comes out and then make it a determination as to how they are, um, how they are adding things up. Um, so my approach is, and, and this was just to, to be consistent. Is if it is. Uh, it, we take fiber as a, a net approach, so I don't count that in the calories. Um, but I take a total carb approach. So when somebody gets a meal plan for me, if there are 150 grams of carbs and 20 grams of fiber, it's 130 net carbs. Um, but I I pull out I pull those out of the calories just because you know it's not being digested, it's not being processed. But I, I give those totals just because a lot of times in, in, on macro plans as well. Um, you know, people are aiming for that number, and more often than not, what they are tracking when they log things are total carbs. I find that to be more commonly reported, and like on Quest bars, which is something that's they're super high in fiber. We've talked about those before. Not a big fan of that. Not a big fan of any high fiber food, just because of the amount of uh, confusion and screw upage that's going to be included in in the the numbers for that. Uh, but uh, they they take a total carb approach, um, so they'll say like you know 24 grams of carbs, 17 grams of fiber. So clearly there's seven total, seven net carbs, and a lot of the packages will even say that seven net carbs. But you can see they're displaying that it contains 24 total. So that's where the the errors come from as far as. Uh, discrepancies in calories um, that are displayed in my fitness pal, so don 't sweat it, um, but do develop a more clear understanding on how those numbers are reported, and just understand that that 's something that 's going to change and adjust from one product to the next based on how it 's labeled. So we do have a uh, a call as well so let 's hear that now hey darren it 's Mary in Texas. Um, my question is uh, since figure is based off of height and not necessarily weight. And most of the ladies around me were allotted maybe four ounces of water with each meal. But I never got below 80 ounces, you know, throughout the day. What is the difference between them only getting four ounces at every meal, whereas I didn't really have to, I didn't feel like I was deprived of water like they were. Um, what was what was the um, reasoning behind that? Thanks. All right, thanks, Mary. So I believe, um, I don't think it was explicitly stated, but I think you're talking about on show day specifically. Uh, Water is a funny thing. So, uh, and and it varies based on, and, and typically we'll have an idea. I mean, typically if we don't, we're kind of screwed. Um, we'll have an idea going into show day of how, your body responds to water loading, water depletion. So there's kind of like a, a standard you know, way that I will typically approach things, um, which is more often than not, okay, yeah, we're going to reduce water a little bit on show day. Often not too crazy, um, but in the morning especially, it, it can help um, just to, to keep things dry. Basically, what I'm looking to do is just r- reduce the overall volume of stuff that's in your stomach. And I know water has very fast gastric emptying, but still... Nonetheless, you want to introduce as few variables into the equation as possible. We're playing around with a lot of food on show day. So we need a a little bit of water to seat that, but not much. Uh, And so some people, however, are different. So some people will say, you know four ounces with each meal. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody be quite that specific. Usually it's either none or this much between meals, because if you have water with a meal directly, it will impact the digestive process a little bit. So typically um, what I might recommend somebody do is uh, cut off water intake for a 20 minute um, window around mealtime. 10 minutes pre, 10 minutes post, no water. Um, just so that you have food in the gut by itself being digested. You don't throw water in there with it. And that's something that I typically follow pretty much all the time. Although, you know, when I'm when it's not show day, it doesn't matter quite so much, but just it improves overall digestive efficiency to keep water out of the gut when it's trying to process food. So um for that initial initial time anyway. So um, but yeah, we we may have a sense going into show day, like, hey, you know what? I'm pretty happy with this and um, you know, if things are looking like really tight, really dry, we got some good hardness going on, and we want to keep that. And we haven't had our water below eighty ounces. I might say let's continue with that on show day, absolutely, because I'm, I'm happy with the overall look. Um, but if somebody needs, if, if it feels like okay, we're there, but I think we need a little bit more push. Oftentimes, drying them out a little bit more and holding back on water a little bit can be a smart thing. Sometimes, although it's pretty rare, sometimes you actually bump it back up. I'm not usually a fan of that. I've had a couple instances where that happens, but um, again, usually the more you play around with water and the more you go to the extremes, the less ideal it is. Show day being one exception, I do find people most commonly respond better. Um, to uh, keeping water intake really low in the morning, and then you bring a little bit in, and then you you pull it back again before finals, um, so that you still get something in the midday. That you're not just completely dry all day long because that's miserable and it sucks. So, um, but you will have a good sense when you go into the show as far as exactly uh, what to expect, how your body responds to that. So it shouldn't be too great of a mystery. Um, and I don't like to do extreme water loading. Some of my clients would argue against that. By extreme, I'm saying like you know for a hundred twenty pound woman drinking three gallons a day for a few days that's that's extreme that's too much you don't need that shit that ain't gonna help (laughs) now you want to load a little bit but oftentimes like gallon and a half maybe two that's pretty good three is crazy three is insane that's like that that goes into the suffering mentality like you know, clearly, if uh, if I, if this make if this is making me miserable and I'm suffering, then obviously I'm doing something good. That's the the hardcore bodybuilders mentality that gets a lot of people into trouble. So, same thing here. So, uh, let's see. That is that is it for the Q and A segment. So, thank you. Now, um, I kind of joked last week um, <laughs> that um, we have an official sponsor, but you know what? The more I think about it, this show is. Absolutely sponsored by Five Star Physique, and so I'm gonna run a little promo here. And I don't have anything pre-recorded. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk. So, um, it, it, we we are here officially sponsored by Five Star Physique, which is me. <laughs> so eh, it's hard to say there's a conflict of interest when there's only one person involved and there's no other parties. So I'm gonna roll with this here, and we'll see we'll see how appropriate it is. I don't know. Uh, Five Star Physique is your source for uh, premier online coaching, workout plans, original articles, and videos. And what we like to do um, is dig in on all aspects of bodybuilding in a practical way. So you can check out more deals uh, details directly at 5 Now also, today, I am introducing a promotional code specifically for listeners of The Drop Set to save 20% off of all available workout plans that are up on the site. Use the promo code DROPSET. All one word. Promo code DROPSET. Save 20% on all workout plans right now um so if you go to five that's star with two r's five spelled out f-i-v-e-s-t-a-r-r physique.com uh click on workout plans um there's also a button on the front page brightly colored that says workout plans you can just click on that um and then you'll see a listing of everything that's available there you can read about each specific one so there, there are a lot of them available at this point and there are new ones that i'm throwing up online regularly uh, I almost said every week, and then I was going to dial that back to like every two weeks. I'm like, well, regularly. Um, so uh, that th- I have a few that are in development right now. Um, it's, it's a process of writing them, fine tuning them, um, putting them through their paces a little bit, and then there's a lot of formatting and editing and video work um and and behind the scenes work that has to be done so the latest one that i put up is a men's physique blueprint so there are several of these plans that are geared towards specific divisions um competitive divisions and the aesthetic desired for those now these are not contest prep Specific. So if it says men's physique blueprint, what that's targeting is an aesthetic that looks like it would be appropriate in men's physique. So whether you want to compete or not, it it could totally be appropriate for you. And you can read about that and you're like, okay, well, there's one leg day in here. It's brutal. And then we hit upper body with a little bit more frequency and regularity as well. Um, so there's Men's Physique Blueprint, there's Women's Physique Blueprint, we have Figure Ready, Bikini Ready, um, and then there are several others that are not um, specific to anything. Um, I have one strength program called SMASH, um, which is built around you know powerlifting concepts. Uh, so it's a little bit different from the others. Um, intro to Ascending Threes, using my Ascending Threes training protocol is up. That's the second one listed on the page. Um, that one includes a little bit of a kitchen sink approach, uh, where we're, we're throwing pretty much everything into that one every little tip and uh every little every little trick and tactic that we can come up with you're gonna find in there so that one is brutal if somebody's like give me the most challenging thing you've got be like intro to ascending threes and beyond that um figure ready is is quite a challenge as well wrecking ball is one that i've gotten some great feedback on as well um that's one that the idea behind that is you know we need to knock up knock down a building it doesn't really matter how you do it it doesn't really matter how pretty it is as long as it gets the job done so that's very much kind of of like the same thing. There isn't anything super fancy in there. Um, there's one of the workouts that focuses, uh, not entirely, but predominantly on single leg movements. So, um, it's not like, you know, we're just going to, you know, squat for an hour and a half straight and call it a leg workout. Um, I don't, I don't believe in that kind of programming. I think that you see a workout like that and unless you really, really love to squat, um, you're just kind of mentally check out when you see that written down, and you're like, eh, "Screw this!" No, even if you do like to squat, after the first ten or twelve sets, you're going to be done with it. You're going to be over it. So, um, so you can go check those out. Once again, the promo code drop set, all one word, save twenty percent on those. So go check them out. Um, okay, there is your sponsorship break. So n- news of the week, um, and you know, one thing that's going to be happening here as well is. Um, I'm going to be taking a little bit more effort in promoting the drop set, the podcast, as its own separate entity. So, it's going to have, um, I'm going to develop some original artwork for it. Um, so, it's its own thing. Uh, I may split it out from the regular website and all this stuff. So, um, one thing that happened this week, and this actually just happened, it went officially live and online yesterday, is I got some clothing items put up. And this has been on my list for a long ass time. I've had clients asking and asking and asking for ages. I'm like, yeah, I'm not in the business. The last thing I want to do, be doing is managing inventory and, you know, making regular runs to the the post office or UPS. I'm like, that's not my bag. That's not what I'm good at. So um, there are, however, um, fulfillment companies that will do that stuff for you automatically. So um, I have control over the designs, um, what kind of stuff it gets printed on and how. Um, So that is available right now. Currently, it's, it's kind of a slow rollout. So I have one design available on, um, four different articles. So there's, uh, a couple of women's tanks, um, racerback style in black and white. There's a unisex tank. Um, and then also I did a V-neck t-shirt, um, just because that's what I wanted. So, uh, I had to make it for myself. And, uh, the thing about this is I still had to buy it for regular price. So, uh, bummer, bummer me. Um, but currently, it's, it's kind of a slow rollout, so it's not on the website or anything like that yet. But if you go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash five star physique, um, and click on the shop button, you'll find them there. So uh, go check it out. Um, they're pretty reasonably priced, um, and uh, there's one design available on all four of those items currently. So I'm cooking up additional designs. We will be coming out with additional tanks. Tees, Um, we're gonna do some hoodies, maybe some hats, and uh, so it'll it'll be good times. Maybe some uh, some leggings as well. So um, I'm looking forward to that. I I like the design aspect of it. You know, I'm certainly not a graphic designer, but I like to to play around with some stuff, and I'm good enough with uh, with Photoshop to be dangerous. So um, I I do enjoy. that, that aspect. So if anybody has ideas, things that they would like to see on it, any specific products you're looking for, colors, etc., let me know. Um, I could use some feedback. The one thing that I'm not good at is style and fashion. So I, I'm not really sure what people want to wear. I know what I want to wear, but that's about it. And even sometimes that is not the case. So Anyway, Facebook.com slash five star physique, click on shop. You can find everything that I have currently up there. Certainly welcome your feedback and suggestions on all of that stuff also. Um the rest of the week, it uh, you know, um I had a blog post, uh, I think I talked about this on Friday that went live over the weekend. This was all about cream of rice, which is my favorite carb. And <laughs> it's like, dude, you wrote an entire blog post about cream of rice. Yeah, yeah, I did. Because it's my favorite carb source uh, that I could actually have on a clean diet, so I actually have it twice a day right now, big ass giant bowl twice a day for my first two meals, which is awesome. It's one of the things that I look forward to the most. Um, and I got a message um, from <laughs> from somebody who was a comment. And he's like, "This is in my meal plan, and I uh, I can't stand it." Like, what do you put in it? I'm like, it's all right there in the article. So um, it shows how I prep it, which is certainly not the only way to go about doing it. But what you put in it is important, but also. How you prepare it is important as well. And so, uh, spoiler alert, if you use the microwave, you are failing. Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. So, um, there's more on that. Uh, once again, 5starphysique.com. If you click on blog, um, I think it will be the first thing up there. Also, there is a little scrolling box on the front page that just um, you know will kind of whiz by the last few pieces of original content um, that are on the site that's in that box. Follow Darren on so, Instagram at Darren so. underscore star. Go check that out. Profile, there is, uh, it's can client profile updated workout plans, and out. tips and tricks on training and nutrition. A um, lot, uh, lot of images in there. There's, there's also an accompanying YouTube video that goes with that as well. So you can check that out and uh, get, the, uh, get the scoop on that. I'm going to be working on some additional recipes also. That's something that we're going to be seeing more of here um, once I'm off prep. Because the last thing I wanted to be doing is playing around with recipes for shit that I can't eat. Um so uh, but once once my photo shoot prep is over we'll be seeing a lot more of that as well cuz I'm I'm kind of getting into this phase where I'm ready to do some experimentation in the kitchen which isn't usually my thing um but I'm down for it I'm down for it so um a prep update for me I'm going to be brief on this you know since Friday the only thing that I've really been experiencing is man a lot of stomach issues so um over the weekend especially and I think um coach and I um have narrowed it down I think it's uh, I think it's eggs um there's just you know because uh, she did make a change last week where we're taking out, you know, I, I had a post-workout protein shake. We took that out, and I'm like, okay, well, what do I replace that with? I guess I'm just going to have a repeat of meal one, which is eggs, egg whites, and cream of rice. Um, so uh, I think I think the addition of all those eggs over a few days, it kind of built up, and it's, my body's like, no, not so much. So, um, And it's largely egg whites. So I'm making some changes now, and so I'm sad to report that almost 14 weeks into the prep. Um, this is no longer a chicken free prep. I'm so sad. Um, I'd gone almost 14 weeks without any chicken or any fish, any chicken, except for, you know, the stuff that I had that was, uh, (laughs) <laughs> prepared in a very tasty manner when I was on my trip to Oregon. Um, that one from uh, Chick Fil A, and then the uh, the grilled uh, chicken breast that my dad made up for me. So, um, other than that, it's been a, a chicken free prep, um, which is great. I just got so sick of it. So, I'm going with some ground chicken here. I think I can deal with that. Um, so, we'll do that. We're gonna cut way, 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 way back on the eggs. Just use a little bit of egg white in there as well, so it's not just. Uh, not just ground chicken, but there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of texture variety in there. So We'll roll with that, see how that feels. Um, Today was the last day of using the large, two large egg servings. Um, So, yes, stomach discomfort, you know, uh, not to get too TMI on you, but I ask uh, my clients this stuff all the time, just, like, really constipated, like a lot of, like, gaseous bloating in the midsection, really uncomfortable. Um, You know, I did cardio twice yesterday, and the second one was just like, okay, let's just try and move a little bit and see if I can get anything moving in here. Um, So I'm taking uh, additional fiber supplement. Um, I actually took a laxative yesterday for the first time in my life. So, And all of this, basically, I'm like, I'm going to do whatever it takes because I don't want anything getting in the way of my damn cheat meal that night. Um, and boy, it was one of those days where everything was conspiring against me. It was kind of known and planned except for the stomach issue. Um, but we did have a, uh, a party we hosted here each night over the weekend. So we hosted just a small gathering of four people on Saturday night, um, and then uh, uh, another small gathering of six people on Sunday night. And that was one where, uh, you know, we went and picked up food, um, which I looked at <laughs> and that was it. Uh, so and everybody else was eating. And It's one of those things, again, where it's like, Darren, why aren't you eating? I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I really don't want to talk about it. At this point, I, I, gotta, I have, you know, my, my clients don't know this. Um, at this point, I, I'm, I'm a very patient. Individual, very very patient by nature. Um, that's why in previous jobs I was always given the most difficult clients to work with, just because my my bosses knew that I had the patience to deal with them. Right now, I got a really short fuse. I'm super irritable. <laughs> I, I was in the grocery store earlier picking up some ground chicken, and uh, you know, get stuck behind somebody. Somebody's driving through the parking lot, and they're. They're going a little too fast. I'm like, oh, man, if I had a rock to throw at your car right now. I mean, it's it's gotten something – it's gotten like that. I'm like oh, – and I had to te- kind of check myself and take a step back like, whoa, dude, you are super irritable right now. So um, I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So at the party, at the party, um, just – like, the last thing I want to talk about is my diet right now. You know, I, I think about it all the time. Can we just have a discussion about literally anything else? These are people that, you know, they're, they're friends, and I haven't seen them in a while. I'm like, I really don't want to talk about my diet. I don't want to talk about my prep. I don't want to talk about what I'm doing or anything like that. I really don't. What I want is for, to have a good time here, and then I want you all to leave, and then I'm going to have my cheat meal later. <laughs> So everybody left by about 7:45 uh, um and then I, I I drove straight to Five Guys cuz you know I mean we picked up the food from the thing but I'm looking at it I'm like this is not worth a cheap meal no absolutely not. I can I can say no to this easily. If somebody brought in some burgers in front of me, no, it's game over. I mean, so that's what I went with. So uh, did, did the usual. <laughs> so ate nothing for the party voluntarily um, and then uh, smashed some five guys. But by the time that came around, my stomach was feeling fine. I put down a shit ton. It was great. I felt awesome. Um, slept like a rock, woke up feeling much better. And now I can see, you know, after getting those two egg meals back in me today, I can feel like, okay, here comes the, the bloat monster of kicking up again. Not nearly as bad as it was yesterday, but I'm definitely making that change for tomorrow. So I've got a little bit of meal prep to do tonight. That's pretty much it. So uh, weight's up significantly from where it was a week ago right now, up about six or seven pounds. Um, But I I think we're going to see that come down over the next few days. A lot of that's, you know, cheat meal induced um, from last night as well. So we'll see that come down. I expect we'll see some new lows this week. Um, So We'll stay tuned for that. Um, all right, so uh, we're done there. So let's take a quick break here. That's going to sound like about a two-second audio transition. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk about ways you are screwing up your prep. Okay, I know that sounded like a really short break, but the amount of stuff that I got done just now was staggering. You have no idea. Uh, actually, what I did was I uh, I went out and checked the mail, and then... Um, had to turn on the sprinklers. We are trying to actually grow some grass out in the backyard. We had a beautiful lawn back there when we moved into this place. It was like picture perfect. And then combination of this drought that we had over the summer and um, all the construction I did to to build the deck out back just killed everything. So now it's just a giant mud pit. So we... uh, we paid a company to come in and do uh, aeration and overseeding, and we've been watering it like crazy. there's just nothing coming up at all. I'm kind of pissed about it. Anyway, we'll we'll move on from that. We'll save my uh, my grievances for later. So, ways your prep can go south. How can you screw this up? Um, I know uh, a lot of you probably feel, maybe rightfully so, that you could write a book on this. I feel like I could too. So, um, let's talk about it. And you know, a lot of these things they they are things that apply to prep, but they, they apply to bodybuilding in general as well. I mean, basically things that can you know get you off plan. And if you're trying to have a productive off season, a lot of these same things can screw you up there as well. So let's just dive right into it here. Let's try and um, be efficient here. So number one, energy balance. So energy balance, everybody says this is like the, the gold standard of everything to do with body composition, which I don't necessarily believe in. It's one factor to consider, absolutely, but to say that it's all as simple as calories in, calories out is a gross oversimplification. That is simply not the case, but you got to pay attention to your energy balance. How much are you doing? How much are you taking in? If you're doing two hours of cardio a day on 800 calories, you're going to screw yourself up. It's it's not going to work, um, and you're going to run into a problem, especially when you throw lifting on top of that. If you expect any kind of performance, if you care at all about muscle atrophy, you have to pay attention to your energy balance. Or we could say your caloric balance, but I say calories, and I think people tend to just automatically think of um, intake. So energy balance, in versus out. Um, it, it's it, it's wildly important and there, there are stages and phases and you know small spots of prep where you can kick it up a notch for sure and you can say hey you know what? i'm ready to push here make a push for a week or two and then you dial it back it's it's not one of those things that's intelligent to just keep it like pushing as hard as you can for as long as you can so energy balance is number one and it, it's there what i'm what i the example that i gave is extreme um but you, you will typically know and so you need to listen for the warning signs and you know just you know if you are tired all the time like I, I was last week and so I knew my energy balance was taking a, a bit of a hit last week but again it was one week and then I checked in with coach you know gave her the the feedback etc and now we're we're dialing back just a little bit not much not much basically you know, I mean, what made a huge difference last week um, as far as me feeling like I was dying was no high carb days. And so now we brought some of those back in combined with the cheat meal last week. So the way I've got the my training staggered because it's uh, higher carbs on certain days is pretty much every other day is a higher carb day. Now, they're still not that high, but it's enough to make a difference. It really is. So, um, And also I talked about last week um, the, the next one, which was um, over commitment doing too much, you know, figure when you're on prep, especially when you get deeper and deeper into prep, that's when, um, the, the skill of saying no to things becomes much more important. Like, Hey, can you do this? Can you help me move? Um, Hey, you want to go hang out downtown for an afternoon? i like, no, no, no. And realistically, you know, listen to your body. And if it's something that sounds appealing, but then you're like, Oh, but, uh, then, then say no. Say no, take that time to take a break instead. Don't overcommit yourself. Like what I did last week. Um, I mean, the, the the party situation over the weekend was one thing that was a challenge, but um, just what I did with my schedule and the fact that I did not have any free time, no no blocks of downtime or rest at all. And at this point, I need that. So um, I made that change uh, starting this week and starting today. Um, I should actually be taking a nap right now, but I thought I would come and get the podcast recorded while I was still relatively fresh. So as soon as this is all posted, that's nap time. So um, don't overcommit yourself. Number three is travel. You know, having just experienced this Of course, now you can do it, but more often than not, I mean, unless you've got a serious travel routine down and you're kind of a a road warrior and a pro um in airports, etc. And you know, it depends on how you travel as well, if you're flying, driving. Um, but whenever you travel, you're basically increasing your degree of difficulty and you're introducing additional risk to have issues staying on plan. And again, the deeper and deeper into prep you get, the more important it becomes to minimize those things that are somewhat voluntary. Now if you're traveling for work, it's less voluntary. Um if you're scheduling a vacation, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I could ask myself that. I was four weeks out when I went to go visit my family. Not really a vacation. I knew what the expectations were. I knew I had the ability to meal prep. I knew the travel days were going to be challenging, and they were. So that one pretty much played out. It's still, you know, would it have been easier to not do that? Yeah, it absolutely would. And then come back, and we're, you know, the following weekend, about five days after I'm back, we're making that trip out of state overnight. So that was some additional, you know it all worked out okay, but it it was difficult. It took a lot more planning. Uh, It was not perfectly executed. So it, you know, little hiccups like that, you do enough of those and they add up. Um, Number three, adherence issues, unrelated to travel, just in general. What I'm looking at here is, you know, um, you've, let's say you've got a meal plan. Anything that you take in that is off that meal plan needs to be accounted for. And sometimes that accounting is just Keeping a list. Who are you reporting that to? Are you reporting it to yourself? Maintain a list somewhere, a diary, so that you know you, know, you can look back and say, this, this felt like a pretty good week, and they are like, oh. Oh wait, no, it was Halloween, which it isn't 2 days here, and I had blah 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 or whatever. Um or if you're reporting to a coach, they need to know that stuff. Um because if if you are off your plan and things don't look right in the photos or what you're reporting to them doesn't doesn't sound right and and you're like, "Eh, diet's been on, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on." I mean, you got to be honest with them. Uh, that that you know a coach can't work without honesty, and a good coach will know it's like mm, I'm not sure I buy that <laughs> like we're we're at a uh, we're at a deficit right now, a pretty good deficit, we're deep into prep. um you shouldn't be feeling this great and if you are, then you're probably getting some extra calories somewhere. Um, also just being a little too flexible on your numbers. Um, if you're, if you're, um, not logging things, you're being a little bit too generous with things. Um, you know, you like, oh, okay, well I'm going to measure out, um, you know, two tablespoons of peanut butter and one for the road, you know, that kind of stuff that adds up tremendously. So, um, once again, if you're logging your food, tracking your macros, it's important that your log be a reflection of reality. Um, Number five, poor planning, not enough time. So this comes down to, um, uh, lar- largely comes down to show selection. Real, really, I mean, if you if you pick the wrong show, um, well, no, actually, I mean, I, I had I had show selection as a separate entry on here, and that's right. I wanted to segment those out a little bit. So, uh, not enough time basically means you know. It could come down to show selection, but it, it typically what I'm looking at here is is competing too soon before you're really ready, before you have a solid foundation built. Um, I mean, you can, yes, if you have properly managed expectations going into it that, okay, you know, I, I need some more development. I probably need to put on another, you know, 10, 15, 25 pounds, whatever it might be um, in order to be competitive and hang with the guys in the open class. But you know what? I want to go up there. Just be in the lineup, get my ass kicked, go through the process and see what happens. Okay, I understand that. I really do. I know a lot of people um, disagree with that fundamentally. And they say, you know, you do a show when you're ready for it and not before. That that is that is not anywhere in the rules. Um, you can do this for whatever reason you like. And if it's because it's a bucket list item uh, or it's something that you know you want to get into, but you're like, I want to do a show first. I don't want to wait five years and do a show. I want to do one and go through the process, see what it's like. Yeah, okay, great. Throw yourself into it. Just have realistic expectations. But um, if, you, if you don't manage those expectations and then you... Pick a show that's too soon; you're going to end up being disappointed. Um, and you know, also, it, it may very well be that um, your, your body just isn't ready for it, especially if you've done shows recently um, and you haven't really given yourself chance to recover from that prep. Especially if you achieve really, really good conditioning, um, and then you take you know a couple months off um, from from aggressive dieting, and then you jump right back into it. I'm like, I'm not sure that's really enough time. So. Um, You got to be smart, have a plan and stick to it. And don't, you know, halfway through your plan say, oh, well, I was going to take a year off to focus on growth and development, but oh, this show is only six weeks away. It's close by. I'm going to do it. Stick with your plan. Stick with your plan plan so um the next one wrong show so this is not so much about you not giving yourself enough time but just the show not being right for you and specifically what i'm looking at here is you know if you're a natural competing in an npc in a non-drug tested show is that the right show for you now we have talked about that specifically for and i've been very wishy-washy on the answer for that and i I still remain wishy-washy on that and just say it depends you know i mean if if having a level playing field is important to you then yeah don't do that if you're natural don't compete in a non-drug tested show um unless you are a genetic superiority and you can hang with guys and gals that are on all kinds of stuff in which case great more power to you um but you're you're again you're you're asking for you know additional difficulties there so um and, and, and wh- where this can impact your prep is if you start looking at what other people are doing on social media um, and, and you're starting to get psyched out and then that's going to make you do stupid stuff um, like, oh, I'm not nearly lean enough or, oh, I'm not big enough. I don't know how you solve that issue when you're on prep, but God forbid, I, I, I know people are going to be creative and come up with ways to, to try and outsmart their <laughs> outsmart their metabolism and their genetics. Um but you're like, I'm just not lean enough, so then you know I've got to do more cardio. I've got to cut my calories down. And then we go right back to number one and, and not paying attention to that energy balance. So a lot of these things are interrelated. Um, but picking the wrong show is a big one is a big one and also you know if you are looking to compete at a high level you're doing a national show it's very important that you pick the right national level show um and and geography plays a factor into that timing plays a factor into that the size of the show plays a factor into that as well so there's a lot of considerations there to make sure that we're picking the right one next if your supplementation is off Um, that's a big deal. Now, when I say supplementation, let's be very clear. I'm talking about your cycle. So, um, guys and gals, if you're running anything, um, and you know, whatever it is, if it's AAS, if it's SARMs, um, things have to be timed appropriately. Things have to be intelligently designed. Um, you can't just willy nilly throw something together or, you know, four weeks into a prep say, Hey, I think I'm going to start XYZ and start running something for the first time. No, no. when you're on prep, it is not the time to do that. You you plan ahead and you're like, I want to start something, but I'm already on this prep, so I've got two options. I'm either going to stop this prep and, and and start experimenting with that, or I'm going to see this prep through and then experiment afterwards. So um, you've got to have a plan in place for your supplementation before you start your prep and then follow through with that and not deviate. Unless you're really advanced, you know how to manage your cycle and you can see like you would benefit from more, or this is very possible, less of a certain compound, then that's something that has to be taken into consideration. Absolutely. Um, Next up, non- or inconsistent, non-consistent or inconsistent variable tracking. So if you follow me on Facebook, you'll know every Friday I do a uh, 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 park and bark, (laughs) just a a sit and chat video recording just with a weekly update uh, recap. And then uh, also I post my latest tracker um, in the comments there and so that is my variable tracker and clients of mine are familiar with this they all use it as well um, so if you're not tracking those variables you're missing out on data that you that you could uh, be getting some benefit from if you know how to interpret the numbers now if if you are relatively new to this and you're working by yourself and you're tracking your weight and you're like okay well it's going down or it's spiked up and i don't know why i don't know what's going on here etc then okay you're not going to learn a whole lot from that but you you can you aren't going to know a whole lot from that, but you can learn from that. And the value in doing so is tremendous. And that's one of the things that I like to teach my clients throughout the whole thing is, Okay, and a lot of them will, uh, you know, the, they will send me their, their tracker and, you know, um, along with their speculation on why the numbers are doing stuff based on conversations that we've had and things and patterns and trends that we've seen before. So, and I like that when that happens. That's cool. It's like, all right, they're, they're getting it. They're starting to understand why their body's doing certain things and how it's responding. Um, also, tracking your, your cardio, tracking your cardio intensity, um, tracking your macros, logging meal plan deviations. All of those things are, are variables that um, I, I am firmly, firmly in belief of tracking and, uh, pretty much at all times. So, um, next not adjusting your training. If the signs are there, this is uh, somewhat tied in to, uh, your, uh, energy balance. The first thing that we talked about. So, um, if, if you are super, super fatigued all the time, um, you know, a, a couple things might happen. You may need to start incorporating an additional day off. Just continuing to push, 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 push. I know that's the mindset that we all have. Um, but you know, I have a client just this week. I'm like looking at her tracker and, you know, it's showing her workouts and her cardio. I'm like, you're in desperate need of a day off. And we're going to incorporate that along with a high calorie day. And uh, she almost didn't know how, how to how to take that, how to respond. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I get it. You want to work, you want to put in the work, but we got to know when to, to back off the gas pedal. If you just rev that engine and redline it the whole time, that engine is going to give out on you before too long. That may be a terrible analogy. I don't know anything about engines, and I don't know <laughs> how well they would hold up to that, but I can't imagine that revving at the highest possible RPM, sustained long-term, is a really good idea. It's not for your body also. So um, adjusting your training, so taking an extra day off, um, you know, uh, adjusting your weight on some things. So you need to go heavy relatively well. You know, the more fatigued you get, um, the, the more depleted you are, the more exhausted you are, the more you're running into caloric deficit, that heavy is a, uh, a concept that shifts and fluctuates a little bit. So if you started out at the start of prep and you're squatting 315 for reps um, and doing great on that and hitting 10 to 12, awesome. If you're still doing that by the end of prep, though, what you will notice, or still trying to do it, you're missing reps here and there. Um, you're, you're just pushing for the sake of pushing and not really getting any kind of fatigue or tension built up, but you're just trying to maintain your previous performance where – you could benefit from dropping the weight down a little bit, adjusting your tempo. Um, sometimes we'll focus more on, you know, movements where you can really drill in on that mind muscle connection as we get deeper. We'll slow tempos down a little bit. So I'm not a big fan of adjusting training variables based on the the phase that you're in. And I, I stand by that just because as a blanket, fa- as a blanket statement, I think you can um, train for growth the same way you can train for prep. But Especially towards the end, you'll find you know, a lot of the stuff is related to once you're deeper in prep. You've got to be willing to make some adjustments if your body's giving you the, the no bueno and saying, this sucks, man. I can't do it. I mean, yeah, it's supposed to suck within reason. And so you've got to define that threshold and just be able to say, this is unreasonable. And, you know, maybe you can tolerate unreasonable for a while. But if you're feeling that way at six weeks out, don't think you're going to make it to the fin- finish line without some changes. You'll, you'll have to make some adjustments there. Um, let's see. And then the, the big one here, um, again, kind of related to the last one, is ignoring your sleep and recovery. Um, now, some people can get through their prep, on minimal sleep just because they're wired a certain way they have a certain brain type and body chemistry and they're good on five hours sleep even fatigue they wake up they can crush their cardio um they can crush their lifts um diet's fine no problem i mean yeah they're working they're a little tired but they're they're surviving um if i did that i would be dead d-e-d dead uh i i no I could not survive on on seven hours that's pushing it seven and a half that's kind of where I need to be on prep um I've got some clients that need closer to like nine ten um so understand where you're at and um Make sure that it's a priority um, and recovery as well. If, you, if you're going through prep and you're doing no days off or hitting two a days, et cetera, you're, you're probably doing more harm than good. You Either that or your training intensity sucks. In which case, yeah, I mean, if your training intensity isn't on point, then all of this stuff is, is a wash. So I'm, I'm making the assumption I should have opened with that, making the assumption that, you know, how to train and you're not trying to learn how to lift as you're going through prep. Um, just because if the training intensity isn't there, none of this stuff really applies. Um, and if it, if it is though, and, and you're like lifting seven days a week, day in, day at weekend, week out, no issues there. Um, your, your performance is probably dropping off just at a rate at which you're not really aware of it um, and you would benefit tremendously from a day off. And so I, I encourage those people, the ones that I really have to kind of push and prod to take a day off. Um, oftentimes they're like, eh, I took a day off, but you know, I, I still want to get in the gym. I don't think I needed it. That's, for me, that's a huge warning sign. Like We need to do some video checkups because your training intensity isn't where it needs to be. For me, I know mine is right now. My training intensity is great right now. It certainly hasn't always been, and it probably won't always be in the future. I don't claim to be a robot that can do it all the time. Um, but for right now, it's where it needs to be. And that day off for me, Sunday, uh, your Friday comes around, I'm like, oh, one more day. One more day, and then I get that day off. And I didn't used to be that guy that looked forward to the day, the, to, to the rest day. But now, oh man, am I ever? Am I ever? That is the best day of the week by far. Um, it's you know, it's a day where I don't have to drive, go to the gym, or anything like that. You know, it's one less shower. Well, I still got double cardio, but I do that at home. So um, it's just. Oh, it's such a good thing. And it was just yesterday, and I'm already like longing for it. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's Monday. I don't have another day off for, for six days, but it's fine. I can handle it. It's cool. So anyway, there you go. So what did we cover here? It was um, energy balance, travel, adherence issues, over-committing yourself, um, poor planning, not giving yourself enough time, picking the wrong show, the wrong type of show. If your supplementation is off, if you have non-consistent, non... Uh, is that right? Inconsistent or non-existent variable tracking. That's what I meant to say the first time around, I think. Um, Not adjusting your training, taking an extra day off, pulling back on volume, pulling back on weight a little bit if the signs are there, and then ignoring sleep and recovery. So there you go, your top 10 uh, ways that your prep can go south. And for our final segment today, um, I wanted to have, and this will be a relatively brief discussion here. I didn't have a whole lot of in-depth stuff to get into on this, but I wanted to, to touch on it. And, you know, we're, we're, we're coming up on a, a good uh, time for the length of the whole episode anyway. So um, what I wanted to touch on here was... Um, the value of scientific studies and research studies in bodybuilding. So um, I've been, uh, as I mentioned last week, been listening to a lot of other podcasts as well, and I I keep hearing this recurring theme where there are a lot of them that really start getting into the weeds on these studies that have been done on, you know, nutrition, but largely really what I'm finding more is on training, like, um, you know, training intensity, training volume, um, yeah, that kind of things, you know, the style of training and and my, my, I just want to issue a cautionary tale on that, which is, uh, don't overthink it and don't get too deep into the weeds. So we're talking about, well, you know, the, the proper amount of, of volume for this, uh, is, is this, if, if this is your target, then this is how many, you know, working sets you need to do per muscle group, or this is how frequently you need to hit something. So first of all, you, you have to look at the the population that's being worked. Um, are these people that would be considered trained athletes or not? Because that's a huge difference. Um, what are their goals? And of course, the, the other huge thing is, you know, and th- this is something that you can't quantify in a study is the quality of execution on these exercises. So a lot of the times, you know, they're People are exercising with supervision. Well, what kind of supervision is that? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> are they are they really focusing on proper mechanics the way that I would, or is it just like, well, we're making sure that people don't hurt themselves? Um, so the the type of population, you know, the 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 quality of the work being done as well, you just don't know. Um, it, the, those are things. Uh, the, the population is is typically included in the uh, in the abstract for study in, of the study, and certainly in the details as well. But that. You, you can't quantify um, execution and intensity. You, you can qualify it and you can describe it, but you know I mean it's going to be vague terms that are not verifiable at that point. So it's like you know somebody can tell me, "I know how to train, I don't care, let me see it. You know, I'll see it when I believe it, <laughs> or I'll, I'll believe it when I see it." So um, so I, I, I take issue with um, I mean I, I think studies are a good place to start. Um, and oftentimes they will open your eyes to a different way of thinking, which is good. And if you just shut down, you're like, "No, that's some bullshit. I don't believe that." Uh, don't do that. I mean, consider it. You know, consider that anything is a possibility. And especially if it's something that you haven't tried, look at yourself, look at what you've been doing, and say, "Okay, this is what I've been doing. This is what's got. This is what's gotten me this far. Am I where I want to be? No. Okay. Well, I can try something different then. And if it's outside the box thinking or something that's radically different from what I've tried before." I think all the more reason to at least give it a shot uh, within reason. (laughs) If there's something that's actually being researched, I think that qualifies as within reason. Um, So, but a a lot of the times you'll find a statement like, you know, this is found to be more effective than this. You know, this, this new method, this adjusted volume protocol has been found to be more effective than you know, traditional or standard methods, et cetera. All those things are described, but then you're like, well, how much more effective? Uh, and in what way? How is it being measured? Is it being measured by weight gain? Well, what was the diet like as well? Um, you know, you've got your control, and whenever, whenever diet factors into the equation, which it does here, you always have to question um, self-reporting. Um, and how accurate that really is. And so I know that a lot of that stuff will even out over the population of a study. It's still something that concerns me, though, because you're, you're talking about results getting skewed in unknown ways and unknowable ways. I don't fault the researchers for that. I mean, they've, they've got to work with what they have and they're working with human beings. So there's, there's going to be some inaccuracies there, but what they can get are signs that might indicate like, Hey, you know what? This might be worth exploring further. And the way you explore it further is on an individual basis. Uh, so you then become, um, the, the proxy through which a study is really fleshed out when you try to implement what they're talking about here. Um, the thing that I would say is this when it comes to bodybuilding, because that's what this podcast is about, uh, we, we have a pretty good idea of what works, not for everybody, but for most people. Um, look, look at what has built the physiques of today um, and, and the physiques of 20, 30 years ago. Um, it, it, it's, it's the basic stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's high-intensity training. It's going hard. It's finding your failure point and doing everything you can to push through that. For with, with enough volume th- that it remains reasonable. <laughs> and, you know, if, you, if you're pushing with that level of intensity, you're not going to be able to train for two hours. So, you know, volume becomes kind of irrelevant. You know, if, you, if you're really pushing there, you kind of know when you're done. And uh, oftentimes it's about that 45, 60 minute mark. And then you might be doing a little bit more beyond that, but you know, like, okay, I've reached my peak and I'm, I'm done at this point. So, your your body has a way of telling you what volume is appropriate and sometimes there's a, there are cases where you need to knuckle down and do a little bit more there are sometimes where you can get by with less and that's okay um point being look at what has worked and so i I'm always wary of anecdotal evidence and stories well so and so did this and so and so did this but when it comes to bodybuilding we have mountains and mountains of anecdotal evidence for what works. So it's not a great mystery. Um, what you need is variety in your programming, forced prog- progressive overload, um, periodization helps. Um, it's not essential for everybody. Um, I know it's, it's one of those things where people talk about, well, with strength training, you need periodization. Yes, you do need periodization for strength training. Bodybuilding is not strength training. Um, they're very different things. So, um, You you can incorporate it, and it certainly won't hurt, Um, but in my experience, it's not really necessary um, for somebody whose focus is on muscle growth, whose focus is on hypertrophy almost exclusively. So um, don't get too deep into the weeds on the studies. Use them as a guide for things to think about, things to experiment on, Um, but you've got to understand the limitations inherent in a scientific study when it comes to something involving real people um, where there are... um, serious questions about, you know, adherence to, um, factors in the study that are not being directly, um, measured and monitored, like, you know, dietary impact on a study, um, that's trying to, um, trying to, uh, zero in on the effectiveness of of a certain training protocol. Same thing with, you know, um, uh, how somebody trains, how somebody does cardio on a study that's trying to impact diet. What are the populations involved? That kind of stuff. So, just beware. Use it as a guide. Don't dismiss them completely and don't, you know, just dismiss them out of hand. Uh, but just understand it might be a starting point, but I wouldn't try to say, like, oh, well, clearly, you know, it worked for this study. So this is what I'm going to do now. I don't, I don't think that's a, a safe conclusion to draw in any circumstance. So and again, the amount of anecdotal evidence that we have for what does work for most people is absolutely staggering. Decades and decades and decades of what has worked for people. So um, don't get too fancy with it, is what I'm saying. So that that will lead to a future post of mine that I've already titled, In Defense of the Bro Split, because everybody thinks that they have a better approach with their high-frequency training, which is a good thing in, in certain applications. It's not something that I would hit regularly um, or consistently, but Every now and then as a way to shake things up, absolutely high-frequency training is a great thing. As a foundational part of your, uh, of your training, I'm less convinced. That doesn't mean no – but I'm less convinced. Um, So look for that piece of content soon in defense of the bro split because somebody's got to stand up for it because it's getting dogged left and right. So I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be the champion of the bro split. So um, anyway, that's all I got. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Um, I said everything that I needed to that was promotional and social media related at the start. So I'm just going to say peace out and I will check in with you all on Friday.